on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Good times, good time, and as it is Thursday, I'm your host, Nick Ferguson. Mario Batanzi is my co-host, and yes, this is Secondary Perspective. Mario, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the show, Good Times, but uh, speaking of good times... A little before my era. A little before, but they have it on DVD, so I suggest that you go out. A great, great show about an inner-city family. No matter what they did, they could never overcome just kind of the pitfalls of being you know, in the hood, the ghetto, urban city. And, and one thing that was, you know, pivotal on that show, and it's funny, uh, James Amos, he pl- he's played uh, the dad on that show. And if you watch his clothing that he had on, and I joke about this with a lot of my friends who watch the show, he, he, it's like he had on the same thing every show. You know, it was, it was those brown corduroy uh, pants and what, we, what I call a, a lumberjack sweater. Or, or a shirt. It's like one of those shirts that yeah, looks like flannel. A, yeah, flannel, like a tablecloth or whatever. And it was just funny. I was like, okay, here's episode one, and here's episode twenty-eight. James Evans has on the same clothes. I mean, what was well, the? It's like, it's, like, it's like in cartoons, Nick. You know, cartoons they always wear the same thing. Simpsons been wearing the same things for what twenty-something years. That's just maybe that's just the, the the feel they're going for. Wait a minute, did you just compare a cartoon, an iconic cartoon show? to a 70s iconic show and character saying, okay, well, they wear the same clothes on, on a cartoon as they were. Come on, man. Well, here, I mean, Nick, I mean, in, in cartoons, they got to wear the same thing. It's just easier for production value. That's how they get the cartoons out faster. You know, obviously, it takes a lot more time to make a cartoon show than it does a regular show just because of all the editing. So maybe they figured, you know what? It's the 70s. We got just, you know, a certain amount of a budget. <laughs> so why are we having this guy wear something different every single show? Just have them wear the same thing. It'll be identifiable. And you know what? They probably sold that shirt, Nick, because people wanted to dress like him because they wanted to dress like one of their favorite TV characters. There you go. I just solved that riddle for you. 
James Evans on Good Time. You know what? He was a stand-up man, even though they lived in the hood. I mean, he was a man's man. He went out and he tried to find work to help feed his family. But you know who else has enjoyed some good times? NFL free agents. I mean, there's been so many shocking moves, shocking trades. I mean, last week we had Andre Davis on the show talking about, you know, both of our former teammates, Andre Johnson, what took place with him with the Houston Texans. He calls up Frank Gore on the phone, sort of like LeBron and D. Wade and Chris Bosh did. He called up Frank Gore and said, listen, Frank, uh, there's some guys out in Indianapolis who coached us in college, a guy named Chuck Pagano. He's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. How about we take our talent, not to South Beach, but to Indianapolis? And to me, I think it was a great pickup for, for everyone involved. I mean, Andrew Luck didn't have a run game. Yes, you know, when you look at Frank Gore, he's a little older now, but we know what he can do on the ground. Even an older Frank Gore can definitely do better than maybe Amar Bradshaw, but more importantly, better than Trent Richardson. Has given well, I would be better than Trent Richardson, Nick. I mean, I could go out there and run for two <laughs> yards a game, too. So what are we talking about? Well, what I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, when you look at Frank Gore and what he brings to, you know, this Indianapolis Colts team. Now, now they, the, the Colts, let's go back yeah, for the a Colts, second. The Colts are doing a great job. They're making a late push to make it to the 2011 Super Bowl. Well, yeah, and, and what I was going to say, when you go back to the fact that they, they played the Broncos last year, they beat them, you know, at home, and they, they didn't have a great running game. But now you add a guy like Frank Gore and then a wide receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton and Andre Johnson, even at age 34, he gets an opportunity. And, I, and I've said this before. If you play in the league long enough, you'll get a chance to play and face all those naysayers, coaches and players and maybe former teams that did not treat you well. He stays within the division. I know something that the Texans did not want to do, but he gets an opportunity to face his team twice a year and then to show them what they passed up on. So that, that, that's, that's exceptional for him, and I'm glad you know, he joined a team that is a contender. That's something that he definitely wanted to do. But uh, well, For also, the first time in his, in his career, Nick, even going back to college, he finally has a top-tier quarterback throwing him the ball. I mean, we talked about it last week with Andre. Matt Schaub was the best quarterback that he ever had throwing in the ball, and Matt Schaub had maybe two good years in the NFL, and we see what he has become now. So, I mean, personally, I'm excited for him. I've always liked Andre Johnson. I was a big Canes fan back in, you know, the, the Clinton Portis and the U days. So I'm, I'm happy to see him finally get a chance. It's just a shame that it didn't happen earlier in his career. No, it, it is a shame, but sometimes, you know, you have to have patience in the, in the league, and he's going to get that opportunity, but there, there's no... We really can't say that now this makes puts them in the Super Bowl, but it definitely gives them, you know, an opportunity to get there. Well, here's Once the only again, issue that I have with it, Nick, really quick, is okay. you look at what the Patriots did to them last year, and I know it was Foxborough, and maybe the Colts considered the game against the Broncos more of their championship because no one really expected them to go into Denver and win that game. So maybe they just had a big letdown. But look at all the points that the Patriots hung on that Colts team, but they haven't done anything to improve their defense. And I think that's that's the big thing that sticks out for me. Yeah, it's nice that you got Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. Those guys are going to be huge for you, especially in the locker room, give you a little bit more consistency, have that uh, that veteran voice. But they need to do something with the defense if they really want to make a difference. Well, they definitely have to. Um, there was an article that came out uh, by the Four Letter Network, and it talked about LeBron Landry 
and the fact that he's going to be suspended for a couple of games, maybe even longer than that. Uh, because, Have you seen uh, that picture Paul, of him, by the way? Performance enhancing the drug. He's always, every, ever since he came into the league after, you know, being a standout at LSU, he was always a really solid, you know, rock, you know, hard guy. And really well built, almost like someone kind of chills with him out like this, the statue of David. But I always thought he was really bulky and a little too muscular to play this, the, the position. But, yeah, he, he rocked hard guys. You know, he, he is a, a specimen. He passes uh, the, the eye test. But, you know, th- there are other individuals that I have spoken to in the league that have played against him that they've already always had that in question. You know, was he taking a little something extra to kind of give him that edge? And, and we've, we've, said, we've talked about it before on the program. Guys are willing to do whatever it takes, whether it's the NFL, corporate America. It's like, what are you willing to do to get that added edge over your opponent. Now, I'm all for doing something legally, but when you kind of journey into that illegal part, you know, I, I question a lot of things. Or even the gray area. Well, well, to me, even if you're in that gray area, you already know, okay, this is something that I can possibly take that can make me t- test positive, but you still take it anyway. To me, the idea is stay out of the gray area. If you know that it's in That's violation, what I'm could, could be in the violation of the rules, don't, don't, don't take it. But we'll have to wait to see what happens more with that story, but to answer your, your first comment, it, it, the Colts definitely have to do something to shore up that defense. If they don't, then it could be another early exit from, from the playoffs. But something I know that you wanted to talk about, and, and it's kind of stirring up a lot of things in the NFL, and Tashard Choice, former Georgia Tech standout, former Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboy, will join the program later to kind of talk about this a little bit. But Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles, as it's being reported that DeMarco Murray's flying into Philly and is expected to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles today. Looking at what Chip Kelly has done over the past uh, two weeks, you trade LeSean McCoy for Kiko Alonso, who's coming off an injury. And then in another shocking move, you trade for Sam Bradford from Oklahoma, who's never really been healthy in two years, seven games in two years and two back-to-back knee surgeries for Nick Foles. For you, for me, I don't understand it. I think he's leaving everyone really shocked at this time, but I believe maybe maybe there's a bigger plan that he has, you know, that we all are not privy to, and he has this crystal ball that he's looking into, and maybe he feels that with if you add DeMarco Murray, if you add, you know, Ryan Matthews, who once again had injuries with San Diego, I think, for me, from, from what I've seen so far, it's like he's collecting a mass unit of damaged athletes and hoping that somehow he puts them in his system. It's the, it's and, the island of misfit toys down that, there in that, Philly. That's what it's like because when you listen to Philadelphia radio and you talk to fans, whether they live in Philly or they're not in Philly, they're enraged right now. Okay, well, in, in all fairness you know, to Chip Kelly, you can't really – get it from the fans, Nick, because these are the same fans that booed Santa Claus and threw snowballs at him. So <laughs> let's not take too much stake into what the Philadelphia Eagles fans think about all of this. But the, the thing that bothers me about this is the Eagles brought in two guys in Ryan Matthews and Sam Bradford who played six combined games last season. Obviously, Matthews played six. Bradford didn't play any. In the last two seasons, they played 29 
combined games in the last two seasons. And that's with Ryan Matthews playing the entire 2013 season, Nick. That's what they're getting from Bradford. And the only logical thing that I can think of right now as to why they would bring Bradford in is to use him as a motivator to get DeMarco Murray there because they were boys down in Oklahoma. That I, I don't think that Bradford is going to play. He, in my opinion, he doesn't fit Chip Kelly's system. I mean, there are people out there trying to tell me that Sam Bradford, in some stretch of the imagination, is more mobile than Nick Foles. Let me tell you this, Nick. After you've had two ACL surgeries and you already weren't mobile, it's not going to make you more mobile. So there is nobody except for maybe Peyton Manning in the NFL that is less mobile than Sam Bradford. But he's supposed to run the hurry-up offense and the zone read. I do not see it. But what? again, maybe maybe it's just a ploy to try and get DeMarco there. Because then if they end up getting DeMarco, Nick, because of Sam Bradford by some stretch, then I think you know I'm good with that. So you're saying if they're able to get DeMarco Murray by saying we're going to pull in Sam Bradford, almost like dangling the carrot, to in front of DeMarco Murray, he signs. Somehow that makes Chip Kelly and the Eagles a playoff contender, maybe a Super Bowl contender. That's the uh, most me, logical thing I can think of. To me, even, even if, let's just say you're correct. Let's say you're correct. You bring in a guy like Sam Braff. You, now that means that here's a guy who hasn't played that well. He's been injury prone. Now you have Sam Bradford, you have Mark Sanchez, and you have Matt Barkley. So you use one guy to lure another guy in, and then you're going to hand the reins to Mark Sanchez, known as though you only have Raleigh Cooper, uh, Josh Huff, and Jordan Matthews to try to stretch the field vertically. I, I don't know. I, I cannot bite it. If, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm the Washington Redskins, I'm the New York Giants, I'm like, hey, Chip, keep making these type of moves. Every move that you make elevates us two to three games above you and potentially makes us the vision leaders. Now, we still have to see what happens on the field when they mix it up. But to me, a lot of decisions that Chip is making right now, I, I don't understand it. But, hey, he's a head coach. He has full autonomy of what's going on in Philadelphia, exactly what he wanted. So it's kind of make a break for him. If the team does well, like we said before, then he is a genius. I mean, genius. He, makes Bill, he makes Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. I mean, he makes you forget those guys. But if it does not, knowing as though you said earlier, these are the Philadelphia Eagle fans that booed Santa Claus. What do you think is going to happen if Chip Kelly doesn't come through? If Chip Kelly doesn't come through, man, they're going to run him out of that town. Eagle fans are already very fickle. Obviously, it's been a very long time since they've, you know, risen to any level of prominence. I know they made the Super Bowl back about now 10 years ago now uh, with Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb. Came really close to winning it, too. But that's what these Eagle fans expect and anything less, you know, that's just the culture there. They're going to boo you out and they're going to bring in somebody else. I mean, these are people that wanted Andy Reid gone. It's despite the fact that Andy Reid was one of the best coaches in the NFL during his tenure in Philadelphia. So if this all doesn't work out because the moves that he made were so outrageous in our minds, even though, as we talked about last week, I think that Kiko Alonso for LaShawn McCoy is going to work out for both teams now if they end up getting Kiko Alonso and they sign DeMarco Murray and they use that money that they saved on LaShawn McCoy to bring in DeMarco Murray, who I think is a better running back right now at this point of his career, not looking so crazy. Well, you got And DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray, not a former Oregon Duck. And he's also 
not a white guy. So Stephen A. Smith, who's coming out <laughs> saying that Chip Kelly is somehow racist because he traded for Kiko Alonso, who happens to be a somewhat white linebacker for an African-American running back. And, of course, everything always gets back to race with uh, with Stephen A. Smith, but maybe he's going to come out and say, oh, well, LaShawn McCoy is blacker than DeMarco Murray. So I stand by my egregious comments. Well, you know, I, I would not dare to uh, toss uh, color or race into the equation, I think. Because it's not, it makes you sound ignorant as soon as you make it about race when it's clearly not. That's all I'm going to say. Well, well, you know, when we have a lot of, di- of disagreements in our society, the first thing you do is people like to throw out race. I, I don't like to. I just kind of look at it from a logical standpoint. For Chip Kelly, he's looking at his system. What guys do he, does he feel that fits his system well? And he's just trying to go out and get those type of guys. Once again, like I said, it, we will see if his philosophy, his system, works because you need players you need impact players to make your system work but he's telling us he has a system all i need is to put players in my system and i can put anyone in my system even a quarterback with two knee surgeries who ran a spread in college and even those might require our quarterback to run you know even if we have to put him with a walker out there we still can have an effective offense with sam bradford in a walker orchestrating my offense we don't know we would have to see but coming up after the break to shard choice former buffalo bill dallas cowboys will be on the program and georgia tech yellow jacket to talk about demarco murray adrian peterson the moves of philadelphia eagles and LaShawn mccord but more importantly what is it like to date in the nfl i mean we've seen hard knock lives but you've never seen hard knocks like that you listen to Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective with me and Mario Batanzi on Voice America Sports. We'll be right back on the opposite side of this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to secondary perspective with nick ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com Now, back to the show. 
It's NFL free agency, and it is a frenzy. Trades, guys still moving, but more importantly, just like Nas said, presidents represent me. And of course, Darrell Rivas. Presidents represent him. I mean, first, he leaves the Jets. Uh, they trade him. He goes to Tampa Bay. That doesn't work out. Bill Belichick said, hey, come join the Patriots. And he wins the Super Bowl, and now he's back in the Jets uniform. And Mario, I thought of two places that Darrell Rivas can end up. was either back in New York with, you know, my former defensive back coach, now head coach of the New York Jets, and Todd Bowles, or with his former coach, Rick Ryan in Buffalo. But Todd Bowles said, look, we've seen what we need to see, and there's nothing more we need to see. So they decided to give... Darrell Rivas, you know, a $70 million contract, I believe $39 million of that, it's guaranteed. Talk about presidents representing someone. I mean, that, that's a substantial amount of money for probably one of the best corners in the league right now. So, but I, a great, great day. If you're a New York Jets fan, you got Darrell Rivas, you have Eric Decker, then now the Jets assigned Ryan Fitzpatrick or picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick in a trade. So does this mean that they're done Texas. with EJ Manuel? Like, are, are they just giving up on him? He was replaced by Kyle Orton last year. And now they're bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's basically like a little bit of an upgrade over Kyle Orton. Well, so well, are, is, is the EJ Manuel experiment over in Buffalo? Because let's remember, he was a first-round pick, and he wasn't terrible. I mean, there were definitely quarterbacks in the league that were worse than him last year. Well, I know Fitzpatrick is not, not in Buffalo. He's, uh, I mean, EJ Manuel. I'm sorry, there. in New York. In, in New York. So, so that is uh, Geno Smith. That's, yes, yeah, uh, then uh, the Geno Smith. So maybe the Geno Smith experiment is over. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, I don't think that is over, Mario. I think what Todd Bowles is trying to do, maybe bring another veteran quarterback into the fold and hopefully... Maybe to compete with him? Well, to compete with him. And competition brings out the best and, 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 and everyone and hopefully... But when he, was, when he was competing with Michael Vick, who didn't even really want to be a starter, he was just collecting a paycheck and he kind of begrudgingly went in to take over for Geno. Like, if that's not going to motivate him... I don't know how Ryan Fitzpatrick is, but I'm sure Stephen A. Smith will make it about race. <laughs> there, 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 there it is again. I, I don't think that would be the case. And once again, looking at the fact that Michael Vick took over, Michael Vick was past his prime. So to me, that was just kind of a stopgap. But you never know what can happen and what an offseason can do. And then seeing that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been traded to replace him, that could be the extra push that, that he needed. We, we don't know. I'm not inside of his head. But I would like to think that if you are playing in the NFL and you are competitive and they bring someone in to compete with you, and you're going to compete. And hopefully now that he has a coach in Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles can actually push him and help get, to, get him to that next level. Because one thing I can say about Todd Bowles, he is a great motivator. He is a leader of men, and that's why he got this head coaching job. So maybe he'll sit his young quarterback down and say, we're going to bring an older guy in so you can sit behind. So take the pressure off you. You can learn. Because with Geno Smith, and what, what happened with a lot of quarterbacks is you come in maybe first and second round as a quarterback, and now you're thrown into the fire entirely too early than you prepared for, and then you start to run into some, some adversity. And a lot of guys don't know how to come back you know, from that, especially when you talk about the quarterback position where you are the face 
of the franchise, but maybe he needed a, a backseat and have a quality veteran in front of him, not saying Fitzpatrick is better than Michael Vick, but, you know, in a certain skill set, Fitzpatrick is better in Michael Vick, but not in mobility is concerned. But to shy choice, someone who knows about competing in college and in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by Tashad Choice. You can find him on Twitter at tchoice23, former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket, Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo Bills. Tashad, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks appreciate for it, man. Tashard. You know what, Tashad? Uh, it's glad to have you on. We've had some quarterbacks, we've had some some uh, wide receivers on the program, but I'm glad to have an actual a running back on, on the program today because we've heard so much about the NFL being a passing league. Uh, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys and, and look at what they've been doing in free agency. Uh, the biggest thing, Cole Beasley, they gave him $7 million guaranteed. They let DeMarco Murray, who uh, is being reported that he may sign with the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, and Dez Bryant, a guy who you played with, they franchised him. Now, you, you were, you've been in the locker room with Dez Bryant. You know, how do you feel that Dez Bryant is taking this whole idea of being franchised while they give Cole Beasley $7 million guaranteed? Um, for, uh, personally, I think it's, it's pretty hard on Dez for the simple fact, you know, he put in the work. Uh, he had some rough edges when he came on as a rookie, you know, getting to it, being a professional, understanding how to practice, you know, different things he had to do. But once he actually got into the starting role of being a star receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, Everything he's done off the field and on the field, you know, he's tried to make himself prove or prove himself to be the guy that they want him to be. And one thing I know about Dez, and y'all see it on TV, how he competes in the game is how he competes every day doing practice, how he competes doing anything. We could be scrimmaging another team or we can have seven on seven or we can be, you know, doing goal line a third down. He was one of them guys that always wanted the ball and always competed. So to be in the position that he's in right now, uh, doing really well, having two really good football seasons and not being rewarded, you know, by the team that he loves and wants to play with. I, to me, personally, I think that's something, you know, that he's not going to take too very well. But him being him, when he gets on the football field this year, it won't affect how, his play because he loves the game. He's one of those people who he's the first one at practice. He's the last one to leave. He competes. He just loves the game of football. Now, now, to Shaw, we're talking to a former Buffalo Bill at Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket and Dallas Cowboys to Shaw Choice. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at tchoice23. Now, I just have this idea, you know, and, and seeing a lot of emotion that you talked about with Dez Bryant. He's really volatile. And knowing as though they franchised him, and, and what happens with a lot of guys in, in that kind of contract year, they go out and they play well. I mean, could you see Dez going out having another amazing season and then waving goodbye to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, after the season is over? Maybe. Because, you know, the offense that he's in, and Tony Romo and the offensive line, is perfect and the setup is perfect for Dez for the simple fact that, you know, they have a really good running game. And a lot of the times if you watch Cowboy games, Dez is not actually in the game in certain situations. So, you know, it could be a goal line situation where he's like, why they won't throw the ball up to Dez or why he's not in on this play or this play because they have certain, you know, they have certain things, you know, in the game plan of having them in the game. But Dez, to me, I think he's going to have another big year just for the simple fact that Romo is playing really well 
even though he came off two back surgeries, you know, having his time to heal of another offseason and coming back and coming back with, you know, the same offensive coordinator, I think it's going to be really well for him. I just don't know how they're going to shape up as running the football as well as they did, you know, losing DeMarco Murray if he goes to the Eagles today. So, Tashard, talking about going into free agency, everybody knew that Dez and DeMarco were both going to be free agents, and there was the debate about, you know, if you could only keep one, who would it be? So they franchised Dez right away, like a week before free agency started, and it hasn't seemed like they've really made a lot of effort to bring DeMarco back, and so it, it kind of seems like they put Dez at the top of their priority list. Do you agree with that? So let me say, if, if you're the GM and it's up to you, you can only keep one of those guys. Who are you keeping on the team? Do you agree with Dez, or would you have kept DeMarco? Well, I would have to keep Dez, and I and I love DeMarco Murray. You know, I played with him at Oklahoma, and, you know, knowing him as a friend and playing with him at the Cowboys. The thing is, is you know, this league is sort of, you know, exiting out the running back and the running back position of value. So the offensive line is who, you know, they put all their money into as far as the draft and the type of players they have. So I guess they figure they can get a running back to make plays. And Dez is like one of them once in a time, you know, wide receivers that can be one of the top ones in the league for a long period of time. So I think, you know, that's the move that they made and that's the move they feel better with because I was telling my friend the other day that, the running backs that the Cowboys have signed, you know, for big contracts, Marion Barber, Felix Jones, those guys then paying out uh, when they actually received a lot of money. So I guess when once once somebody makes that transaction and it doesn't pan out, moving forward, I guess every time a running back does well for Dallas, they always have that in the back of their mind to pay those players. Have they yeah, given but- you a call yet, Tashard? <laughs> what now? <laughs> Have they given you a call yet? They're like, hey, uh, oh, nah, nah. We, we know that you're trying to get into the media part, but we kind of don't have a running back right now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, I love being in Dallas, man. It was, it was great, though. You know, I actually, you know, still in contact with a lot of those guys, and I'll be doing some things with the Cowboys and shit, but, you know, I'm done. I'm done playing football. It's a lot of work to go into it. I'm ready to, <laughs> to put them down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of that, you know, when you look at the Cowboys, I mean, Traditionally, if you go back several years ago, there was always Troy Aikman, there was Michael Irving, and there was Emma Smith. To me, I, I believe that Jerry Jones had an opportunity to continue that tradition by keeping DeMarco Murray in the fold. I know the offensive line, they re, re, you know, rehabbed that offensive line, and it was a great offensive line, young offensive line. But when I looked at some of the runs, the big runs that DeMarco Murray had last season, a lot of those were second effort plays where you saw him get to the second and maybe the third level and either run past some guys or run some guys over. And right now I have pulled up here when I look at the running backs that they have on the roster, Lance Dunbar, Joseph Randall, and Ryan Williams. Are you telling me even it's with this? It's a who's who of who in the hell is that? <laughs> right, right. You know, and it's kind of a WTF. When you, when you have this offensive line, this young offensive line that I'm talking about, are you telling me that these three guys collectively or independently could give you the same type of production that DeMarco Murray could have given you? No way. I don't, I don't believe so. You know, I, what I really fear the Cowboys will do, I really fear they're going to try to find them a running back in the draft if they don't find, you know, anybody in the free agency. I know they was looking for a couple of guys. I know C.J. Spiller, a couple of guys they was looking, you know, for that, for that running back position, but I think they'll try to find somebody in, you know, in the draft or free agency, but the guys that they have, none of them are like DeMarco. He makes plays. That's where he's special at. He can make, you know, a three or four yard gain when he's supposed to be hitting the backfield. And he's strong enough to take on linebackers and pass protect and he catches the ball well out the backfield. It's just one of those things that I think he has, 
he has going for him. And the Cowboys just think they can find, you know, the running back position to find somebody to be produced, you know, well enough for them to win football games, even though I don't think they'll win a lot, you know, without him as they did this past year. Well, well, Tashad, you know, we're hearing and it's being reported by the Four Letter Network, Adam Schefter, that DeMarco Murray is expected to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, I know the Eagles are eyeing former San Diego Charger running back Ryan Matt, uh, Matthews, and Shady McCoy is no longer in the fold. If they're able, and that being the Eagles, to get DeMarco Murray, does that somehow change the idea of the shocking moves that Chip Kelly has been making thus far in free agency? Oh, no. I still, you know, even though DeMarco, if he goes to the Eagles, it's a di- that offense, to me, you know, that offense, to me, that Philly runs is more for an elusive running back, you know, one of those running backs that can, you know, dabble, make a move, put a move on somebody and go, you know, 60 or 70 yards. That was more Shady McCoy, somebody really elusive, him and Sproles. I think, you know, those are the type of running backs for that offense. Even though DeMarco can make people miss, I think he's more of a ground-and-pound type of guy than one of those guys, you know, that can move and be elusive and, you know, make really, really big runs. So that's the thing that's going to, you know, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I don't think – DeMarco Murray and Shady McCoy, I think they're two different type of running backs. And for that system, I just don't know how well it's going to fit for DeMarco. I really don't. Well, last year we saw the uh, Indianapolis Colts come, you know, one game shy of making it to the Super Bowl. They have a talented quarterback and Andrew Luck, and we know about the explosive T.Y. Hilton. They add Andre Davis, and sticking with running backs, they add former San Francisco running back Frank Gore to that team. Andre Johnson, Nick. Excuse me, Andre Johnson. Thank you. Did I say Andre Davis? Yeah, but, we had uh, him on the show last week. <laughs> yeah, Andre Johnson, Andre Davis, the Andre name, but uh, Andre Johnson, he had Frank Gore uh, to the fold. Talk about what Frank Gore now gives Andrew Luck and the Colts that they didn't have last year with Trent Richardson and Amar Bradshaw. Well, I, to be personal, I love Frank Gore. You know, I actually trained with Frank Gore. And, you know, how he runs the football, how strong in his balance and how well he goes through creases, you know, running the football. I really love his game. And, you know, Andre, knowing him as well, man, I think Frank is going to give them somebody that takes the pressure off Andrew Luck, you know, being able to get three or four yards and make a play, you know, when Andrew Luck needs it as far as running the football when they line up and when they get in the, the playoffs, they got to be able to run the football. And, you know, being on the coast, that's one thing they were not able to do. You know, Amar Bradshaw is a bulldog. I think he's a heck of a football player and a running back. He's very strong, but he wasn't able to – his availability and not being able to stay healthy hurt their football team. So, you know, Frank Gore being one of those guys that's been productive, even though I think last year his numbers may have went down some, he's, he's going to be one of those guys that will be a professional. He's going to show everybody there how to win, how to practice, and he's going to make plays when they need it, just, to, just the offensive line. I think that's the biggest thing. The games I saw with the Colts, I always saw, I always saw Luck on his back. I always saw running backs getting hit in the backfield. So if they beef up the offensive line, and you know that boy come to play, it's going to be, it's going to be a heck of a football team. They're going to have a heck of a run next year. <laughs> We're talking to Chad Choice, former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket, Buffalo Bills, and Dallas Cowboys. Now I've had several guys on the show, and I've asked them about what is it like to be married going into an NFL season. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you the opposite. What is it like being single? Because for me, I didn't get married until maybe my, you know, seven or eighth year in the league. And right now you are single. Talk about it, you, uh, about dating in the NFL. And let Mario and our listeners know how crazy 
is it to be dating in the NFL? Uh, it's a little difficult. You know, you have, once you go into the league, there's a lot of new things that come your way. It's almost like hitting the lottery, especially for me and, you know, different people of different backgrounds that grew up not having anything. You know, once you make a lot of money, you know, a lot of things come your way. So you, you come in contact with a lot of different women and different women from that you've never seen before. So I always knew you like people tell you, hey, date the girl that you was, uh, was with before it all started. And once you date that girl and once you get the money or once you come into the league, people around you start to change. And the expectations of what they think of you start to change and what you should do for them. And so that's not always the case. And so you always looking and searching to find somebody who really truly like you for you. And so I have seen girls be the best girls, but girls that are, you know, not, not necessarily evil, but girls that do things behind your back just for the money. And to be the, the best girl you think in your life, and the next thing you know, she's the one putting you on Instagram, putting your pictures on certain different <laughs> things, and then you're like, man, what's going on? So it's hard. It's one of the hardest things. And in the locker room, we talk about it a lot. You know, we talk about women a lot. And the main thing I tell the guys is make sure you, you enjoy your freedom, enjoy your being single, because when you do get married, you know, I take it really yeah, I take it really important. It's a really important decision, and you're supposed to be faithful to the girl you with. But me knowing the NFL, I know it's hard. I know it's hard in most sports, but being with women and dating women is maybe one of the hardest things to do when you're in the NFL because you have money. You not most people are not too ugly, so the money make you look better anyway. So it's one of the things that you try. To, it's one of the things that you understand and try to you know you understand once you're going in it. Like, hey, I knew I went. I was dating this girl who was a seven in college. Now I'm dating tens. Hold on, I know I didn't get pretty overnight, so you don't understand sure. who you are. <laughs> you can't go back to the sevens, man. That those days are dead. <laughs> but, but, but also, you know, uh, I, I read somewhere that when you talked about how when you sit down with younger guys, there's something you tell them, especially by position and what guys marry first. Go into that for a little bit for us. Oh yeah, I used to I used to joke all the time with when I come into the locker room. What I what I notice, you know, coming from college or even, you know, in the pros, like the offensive linemen, most of the offensive linemen always married early. So I used to joke at them. I say, hey, man, y'all know y'all big, y'all window to get a pretty woman ain't too long, so you got to make sure you get work pretty early. <laughs> you got to so lock it down <laughs> quick. <laughs> <laughs> so we joke around, you know, with linemen all the time. Defensive linemen, the cool guys, they usually wait, but most of the time the linemen on the offensive defensive linemen marry fast, but the skill position guys, the running backs, the cornerbacks, the uh, the DBs, the wide receivers, most of the time they they the ones that like to be single, to have you know to have their freedom and do what they do because they're the ones that are known the most. So the people that are known the most are the ones that like to go out and have fun, and them the ones that contact come in contact with a lot of women. Tashard's over here clowning on the offensive line. They're like, all right, man, we'll see who blocks for you on this next play then. <laughs> A absolutely. <laughs> maybe, maybe we let this dude right into the backfield, and you you run for negative three yards. Talking about know, right? talking about my window. We're gonna close your window now, bro. I know, <laughs> right. Sure. Before we let you get out of here, and since we're talking about dating, if you could choose one song that kind of signifies your dating history or or the position you are in right now, as far as dating, what song would do that? Well, since now I have a girlfriend, but before, if I had to pick a song, it'd be uh, I Don't Have a Type. Bad Girl's the only thing that I like. <laughs> wow. See, 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 that's part of it. See, in, in the song itself, he's setting himself up 
but saying I'm looking for bad girls. Bad girls never pan out, bad boys never pan out as well. Tashaun, thank you for joining the program. You can follow Tashaun at tchoice23 on the program uh, on Twitter. Uh, coming up after this break, I, I have to tell you, we still have to talk about a lot of things that have taken place in free agency. We're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Could they be primed to make another run for the Super Bowl? We don't know. We'll talk about that right after this break. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. No, Mario, that, that was fun with Tashar. We're going to have to have him back on to do a part two. Relationships in the NFL. One thing I thought was really funny uh, and just kind of really got a chuckle out of me. He said, sometimes you have to know who you are. And even the guys who I do, I'll take the PC route or are not attractive uh, finds a way when money comes into their grip. Something about them change. So uh, I don't know who he was talking about in particular, but maybe he'll get a couple of phone calls from a couple of his former uh, teammates. But this Sunday, uh, it's kind of speaking of the ridiculous, uh, 30 for 30, I love these uh, shows that are put on by the Four Letter Network. 
But that's uh, like the only good thing they do anymore, Nick. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, it, as long as Stephen A. Smith, that piece of trash, is on that network making everything about race, uh, I'm not tuning in. I'll, I'll know, wait. Man. I'll wait for the 30 to 30s to come out on my Netflix. But I'm not. I'm not going near the four letter network anymore. I'm. I'm wiping my hands of them, man. If I need football, it's NFL Network. If I need baseball, it's MLB Network. And if I need NBA, I guess I'll just talk to you. But I'm. There hey, is. Is there an embarrassment, bro? Seriously. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I know you got. I know you got to be PC. <laughs> uh, but but that's not me. Okay, I'm. I'm throwing them under the bus. Okay. Well, that's, well, that's this Sunday. Me. This Sunday, March 15th, on the Four Letter Network, it is basketball season. People are going to be filling out their brackets, talking about perfect timing. But on this 30 for 30, they, they're talking about, I hate Christian Leitner. And I know, I know there's a lot of individuals uh, that was back in the Duke heyday when the Duke was just winning championship after championship, Final Four, Elite Eight, I mean, Sweet 16. And I thought it was the, the title was just kind of hilarious to me. I hate Christian Leitner. I can't wait to see this to see what guys because people show up. already people already don't like Duke, Nick. You know, it's like if you're not a right. Duke fan, if you don't love Duke, you hate Duke. There's not too many people with like you know they're just complacent, like oh you know they're okay. They're just one of those teams. That they're kind of like the Boston Red Sox of college basketball. You know, you have the fanatics, and then you got people that absolutely cannot stand them. And that was just the guy that they associated with that team for the longest time. So I think that's that's my guess as to why. Well, people still hate Duke now. You know, even that's what I'm saying. Everyone's talking but about he was John he was Calipari like the face. He guns. was the face of Duke. You know, he was the big. I mean, he was the one guy during in the dream team. He was like the one college kid on that team, and he was from Duke. So he's he was a very noteworthy player. I, you know, I, I can't remember what game it was, but uh, it's kind of vaguely coming back to me when there was a half court pass. I mean, cross court, and Christian Leighton caught it at the foul line, turned around and shot and, and jumped and hit it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that to me. That was a personification of Duke at that time and Christian Leitner, and that's probably started the trend of why people started to dislike him. But even to this day, this is, I don't know, 20 years later, people still hate Duke, you know? I mean, they're in the ACC. I mean, I'm not a Duke fan, but i love to see uh, Coach Chichesky, uh do well, uh, and hopefully, you know, they do well in the tournament uh, that's coming up. No, uh, hopefully they get knocked out in the first round. Oh, okay. See, there it is. See, see now, it's not, now it's not, I hate Kristen Leitner. I hate Duke. Oh, oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, you know what I, how I feel about that word, Nick? I strongly dislike Duke. I mega loathe them, but I don't hate anybody. Yeah. You know what that translates to me? That still says, says that you, you hate someone. I, I have a strong dislike. Just like I have a strong dislike for a sauteed spinach. Uh, <laughs> translation, I hate sauteed spinach. <laughs> You so, can't have such powerful emotions to an inanimate object, Nick. Look, man, I hate spinach. I'm just saying that there's look, hate, hate makes it seem like it's a personal thing, you know, and I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't like it. I just don't I, like it. Look, man, me and sauteed spinach, we have a history. Now, I can eat dry spinach. I can put it in my salad. I How are you going to talk about dried spinach like she's your ex-girl? <laughs> that, that's the way Tripping I look right at it. right now. You know? You know, we just got off the like, Hey, hey, me and me and Spinach go way back. You know, we go we way had, back. She she tried to jump out my car when I was going fifty miles an hour. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a real person. 
Spinach is something that I, now, See, now I'm convinced that that was just spinach. You just got this these strong feelings <laughs> towards spinach. You threw some spinach out your window, and then your mind associated with like a girl trying to jump out of your car. No, 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 <laughs> no, not, not at all. Uh-uh-uh. I like regular leaf spinach in my salad and in my smoothie, but sauteed spinach I could do without her. She's just a headache. You know, she she she's always calling. And every time, you know, you go out with the fella, she's 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 in the bushes somewhere. She's at the nightclub, standing by the bar. Saute spinach. I'm going to ask you what's one plus one and you say two and she'll say no. The number two makes me cry. One yeah. plus one is three. Yeah, I don't want saute spinach. You if you're dating, you don't want saute spinach because saute spinach could, could look great. But but she could be crazy and you don't want that. Take 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 the, the, and the, the dry. Man, yeah. you take you gas too. That's another yeah. thing. Yeah, take the dry. You got the downtown spinach. push down. Yeah, you know what it is. It doesn't change shape. It doesn't t- change texture. Kind of stays the same. You know what to expect. So choose the dry spinach. Not don't choose her. The sauteed spinach that changes form on you don't you don't you don't you don't want her. <laughs> I think we've I think we've taken up enough show time talking about spinach. Yeah. How, how, do, how do we transition dating and spinach? That that's that you. That would yeah, be go, go oh, listen to the tape now. <laughs> now oh, you'll oh, know. That, it, it's it's all my fault now, right? <laughs> Man. But uh, uh, going getting back to uh, sports, the Denver Broncos as always last season they made a big splash in free agency. This year this year. They chose not to do that. Julius Thomas goes to Jacksonville. So one thing we do know, he's going to get the money. But as far as playoffs, as far as Super Bowls, maybe not so much in Jacksonville. And he's going to miss the mile-high weather. He transferred the mile-high weather for Swamplands in Jacksonville. But they. But he also is going to a state with no tax. So oh, yeah, okay. So that's know. nice. Yeah, a lot of money, no state tax, but... Uh. You know, everyone's, everyone's bad-mouthing this Jaguars team, Nick. They're really, I mean, just looking at it and all the moves that they're making right now, they don't really seem that bad. I mean, Blake Bortles, he was a rookie last year. Was he overdrafted? Right. We can't really say yet. I, I know your instinct to say, yeah, he was absolutely overdrafted, but you, you got to give him time. He was a rookie last year. Quarterback is obviously a very difficult position to come in and play, and the expectations are going to be high as the number two overall pick. But there was a re- they saw something in him to be that high of a pick. So, I mean, they're, they're getting some pieces in. I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody thinks. And they're not in a terribly strong division. I mean, obviously you got the Colts and right. uh, the Texans are there, but the Texans are kind of in that in that middle ground. You know, they can compete with the Texans. They'll be able to beat the Titans. It, I don't rule out the Jaguars. All I'm saying, I'm not saying that they're going to make you know a real serious playoff push. I'm not saying that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl by any means. But this is a team that's trending in the right direction. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the division that they're in. It's not kind of one of a st- strong division. I mean, of course, like you said, the Colts are the creme de la creme of that division. And maybe they can find a way to sneak into that number two position. But all I'm saying, you know, you you trade the mile-high weather for Swamplands and Jacksonville, no state tax, but also you eliminate your possibilities of winning a Super Bowl. If he was going to do that, he should have gone to Seattle just like Jimmy Graham went to Seattle. That's not what he planned, but luckily the New Orleans Saints traded him to Seattle, and I have to say, that was something that they were missing, the Seattle Seahawks. An inside-the-red-zone type of tight end. 
they and are just would, so determined to throw the ball at the one yard line, Nick. They're like, Nick, now we can do it. Now, well, now we, we now got it. Jimmy Graham. Now we can throw the ball on the one yard line. <laughs> now we have a guy who's going to to get that one on one matchup. We can throw it up too, and he can box a guy out. You know, like in basketball, like he played at the University of Miami and catch that ball. Great move by the Seattle Seahawks. They have Marshawn Lynch. They signed him for a couple of years. Russell Wilson is definitely going to be better. But Jimmy Graham now gives them something in a weak division that they didn't have before. You look at what's happening with the Rams, and now more importantly, you look at what's taking place with the 49ers. Patrick Willis shocked everyone once again earlier this week, and when he announced he is going to be retiring. So to me, when I look at the season, a game hasn't been played. Sad day in San Francisco. Sad day in San Francisco. A game hasn't been played. We're not, you know, we haven't gone through the NFL draft yet, but still Seattle is my front runner to win that division and potentially go back to another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you look at the team, they basically kept the team that they had last year, and then they got better. So looking at the NFC, unless this Chip Kelly experiment works out and they turn out to be the dream team that they thought they were like like four or five years ago, uh, the, the, the NFC is very limited, Nick, you know, especially with San Francisco down and out now. That division seems like it's going to be wide open. I know the Cardinals were trending up last year and. Uh, you know, they, they added some pieces, they lost docket, but you know, we'll see what happens with that quarterback situation. Uh, it's either going to be the, the Seahawks or the Packers. I think it's a very top heavy division. And now that the Cowboys aren't going to have DeMarco Murray, I think you're going to see a drop off with them. Uh, now that the lions are, you know, they're lost in Dominican Sue. They might lose Nick fairly lost Reggie Bush. You know, that team might be trending downwards now. It's a two-team race, the way that I see it. And that game really could have gone either way, obviously, in the playoffs. And I haven't seen the Packers really doing much to get better. I mean, I thought it was huge that they re-signed Randall Cobb. But they have got to do something now to keep pace with the Seahawks. So now it's like the focus is on the Packers. Like, what are the Packers going to do to match or to try and keep up with this Jimmy Graham signing? Because, you know, they extended Marshawn Lynch, which a lot of people thought last year was going to be his last season with Seattle. And he still has front office issues, but they still got it done. So this team really does scare me, Nick. Two straight years in the Super Bowl, obviously won one of them. They didn't lose anybody. I mean, Maxwell, but they brought in Kerry Williams. I think that's a pretty, you know, straight up trade for trade. And, I mean, bringing in Jimmy Graham. It's just another weapon for Russell Wilson to just throw the ball up to. So... This team is going to be scary, man. Yeah, definitely. Talking about scary, uh, Jake Locker, who's only been in the league for a short period of time, drafted in 2011, eighth overall pick, decided to call it a career. To me, they, they don't make him like they used to. You know, I guess it was too much pressure being in Tennessee, too much pressure being the guy under center. He decides to walk out of the building real quick before we get out of here. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it would just it turned out to be the injuries, Nick. I think they caught up with him and he was sick of being, you know, a twenty something year old kid that could barely sleep at night. His head is ringing, his body hurts. He might go try and play baseball. The uh the Angels still own the rights to him, so maybe he tries to get an invite to spring training, maybe try and, you know, come up through double A ball and work his way up because he's a very gifted baseball player as well, drafted in the tenth round out of high school. So We'll see if that's the route that he goes down or what he does, but it's it's really a shame. Jake Locker's a great kid. He's a talented athlete, and it's always sad to see something like that happen. 
Always sad to see things like that happen. I apologize, Antonio Freeman, to join the show. We have him on next week. He's attending the ACC basketball tournament. We'll get him on next week to talk all things Green Bay Packers. I'd like to thank Tashad Choice for joining the program. My guys here at the Church of Scientology here in Los Angeles in the Garden Pavilion. My three amigos, Justin on the boards in Phoenix. And until next week, keep everything 100. Love your friend, love your neighbor, and respect yourself. That's Secondary Perspective, and we're gone. again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.